Okay, so I'm here today with Perry Wood, uh, the leader of the Erie County Gaming Revenue Authority. Uh, Perry, if you could uh, first just uh, tell me a little bit about your background. What were you doing before you arrived at the authority? Sure. Um, I think my uh, I think my background has uniquely prepared me uh, to be uh, uh, dynamic here at ECRA. I started out uh, in Erie local government, working for the mayor's office. Uh, I then worked in downtown development and got to know a lot about placemaking, working with small businesses. Then I moved on to the Technology Council of Northwest Pennsylvania and worked with uh, tech companies, so we're more on the innovation side. And uh, I'd been doing that for about five or six years when um, uh, this opportunity became available and uh, I interviewed for it. So I have this kind of unique background of small business development, uh, local government development, downtown development which I think you can clearly see in the programs that we've developed here. Mm -hmm. And I, I was reading back on some, some of the early articles on ECRA, and I, and I think it was a board president at the time that said that you were hired for your vision. Um, and ECRA at that time, I think, was coming out of a very turbulent period. There were lawsuits. There were worries about whether the money was getting dispersed, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Um, so tell me about what you the situation you arrived to and what your thoughts were of where you wanted it to go and how did you execute that? Sure. So um, I arrived at ECRA in April of 2011 uh, and it was, it was turbulent. I mean, there were, um, there were people that were calling for me to be dismissed uh, the month before Within I months, took the right? job. Okay. The month before I took the job. Yeah, I So saw that, that was, I had recently been hired. And they looked at uh, dissolving the authority. It was embroiled in half a dozen lawsuits. But I think what's interesting is that it was a real opportunity to put some structure around what was a very amorphous concept. So in other words, mm -hmm. these legislators had said, okay, we're going to throw this big pot of money uh, in the room and this authority is going to handle it, but there's no real guidelines, there's no real structure around it. You have to come up with all that yourself. So. Um, there, were, there had been a lot of reports written. I went back through all of those reports, report on the Gaming Revenue Committee. There was benchmarking from groups like the um, uh, Regional Asset District in Pittsburgh. And then, of course, there's all kinds of community foundations that you can look at programs that they've created. How do they structure themselves? So we took kind of uh, a best of class from all those different groups and put it into a strategic plan, uh, which is not all my vision. I mean, the board had been working on this document for a while and had uh, interacted with county government on it. And so we put it into implementation in the form of grant programs. So in those early days, uh, the popular things were special events, right, because this is something you could do all across Erie County. And it gets people really excited. It's a sense of civic pride, and mm -hmm. they're, all, they're mostly volunteer-based. People are really active. Uh, then there were the lead assets, which are these nine large uh, nonprofits that really contribute to who we are as a community, but also tourism dollars for economic development. And that's groups like the Zoo and the Flagship Niagara League and the Historical Society. Um, and then we rented it out with smaller nonprofits, community assets. Uh, and that was kind of like year one. That was hit the ground oh, wow. running. That's all in the first year. Okay. 12 months, right? Develop these programs, get the money on the street, and show that the money can uh, do positive things for the community. Then in year two, we got really aggressive with small business development programs. Um, so we started investing in revolving loan funds and technical assistance programs to help entrepreneurs get their companies up and running. And that has been really exciting. We've seen great return on investment there. Um, About what year would that have been then? Like 
That would have been like the 2012-2013 fiscal year. Was anyone else doing that sort of thing in the area at that time? Uh, no one no one else besides the federal government was investing in that type of uh, uh, those types of programs and that's what we would call our mission related investments or community financing programs so you had you had some local government activity uh, one of the first groups we invested in was the enterprise development fund it had been about an eight hundred thousand dollar fund for a decade uh, and we uh, immediately uh, doubled its size and then began making investments in it. And, and today, I think it's got a portfolio of about $30 million. That's amazing. Um, Bridgeway Capital, the same way. Bridgeway Capital came in from Pittsburgh and said, who can we partner with here locally? Um, we created a, a fund with them called the Erie Growth Fund. We put in a million, they matched it with five million. Instantly, you had a $6 million growth fund overnight. Ben Franklin was another one. They had been investing you know, uh, some money here and there, about six figures uh, in tech companies. We said, uh, we'll put a million dollars into your Erie Innovation Fund if you match it with a million. Boom, instantly overnight you have you have a seed capital fund. Uh, and actually, I have some numbers here. So mm -hmm. to date, we've invested $12.8 in small business programs. Uh, mostly, uh, 90% of those funds go directly to small businesses. And what's great about them is that they revolve. So they're paying back those loans to these entities, and then new businesses are growing with them. Do you have any examples of companies that were helped or that people might recognize? Uh, yes. Yeah, so um, what's interesting about that is you've got all different levels of companies. You've got high-tech companies through folks like Ben Franklin. The um, poster child for that recently has been uh, Schwer Brakes. Um, and he was, a, uh, he was an engineer at GE Transportation, decided to retire. He had this great uh, patent he was working on for a braking system for large earth-moving vehicles. And he has now gotten into defense contracting. And uh, Aaron is the CEO. He'll tell you that uh, the funds from the Erie Innovation Fund really are going to help launch an entire new industry uh, in Erie, Pennsylvania. And that uh, once these government contracts go through, it could be really exciting. There could be uh, large-scale manufacturing of this product here. And, and listen, those are the unicorns, right? I mean, you, you don't see those too often. But certainly, that's what we're going for. And, right. I mean, with tech companies... On average, three out of ten actually make it. Um, with uh, uh, and, and so that's on one side. On the other side, you have existing companies like manufacturers that you're lending to, so they can finance a piece of equipment. They maybe add four or five jobs with a new CNC machine or something like that. Um, and then you have the small retail businesses. And what we're really excited about doing there is getting into the neighborhoods and actually getting small businesses up and running. Bridgeway Capital has been great that way. We did a, um, a pilot project called the Urban Entrepreneurs uh, Program in which we funded uh, minority-owned businesses. So we put 100000 into that. It was microloans of about ten grand, And that has gone really well uh, to the point where we are on the verge of announcing a major investment in the region's Go first. Go ahead. <laughs> soon, soon. It'll be here soon. It'll be the region's first minority-based uh, uh, loan fund. So super excited about that, especially in the wake of all the Wall Street 24-7 yeah. uh, uh, information. Correct. Uh, let's face it, that was, a, uh, that was a major blow to who we are as a people. We can't be the worst city in America to be African-American. So that was, that was one of the things we could do from, for our part to address that. We also worked with the International Institute. Um, to, we doubled the size of their uh, revolving loan fund as well. There's a group called the Progress Fund that invests in companies in rural areas. 
like uh, like Corey and Union City, and uh, they're in the process of working on some deals right now, um, like our native Franklin Oil City area, right? I mean, yep. these groups need um, they need an injection of capital to go to the next level. So that's on is, the it, is it restricted side. to Erie County though? It is. It's all restricted to okay. Erie County. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, even groups, you know, these, the groups that come in from the outside, what I try to tell people is, yes, they're not Erie County-based groups. They're bringing capital with them. They're bringing okay. relationships with them. And that's how we're going to grow. We need money from the outside to help us. So in addition to the, the, the loans and the investments for, for business, what what other areas are you are you touching? You ha- I remember you coming to the editorial board and talking about impact investing and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, that is the that, nature of impact investing. Okay, right? I mean you're, you're you're getting a financial investment, but also a social and economic okay. development one. You might be getting an environmental investment. Um, I think we're most known though for what we do for quality of place. Correct. Right. Office, right. And so we have made a huge push to in in what we call neighborhoods and communities. Um, we've been doing main streets all across Erie County for uh, seven years now. That program uh, is about to be on steroids, and uh, we're going to be making some announcements about that soon as well. Again, go ahead. <laughs> In about a month. <laughs> what, what's really exciting there is you have these main street groups that we've been helping to grow their capacity uh, over the last five to seven years, depending on what community you're talking about. You have some really aggressive uh, local leaders that have said, oh my gosh, this is a stable form of revenue It's going to be here. We can do some really exciting things with it. Uh, you have borough managers like Sydney Wells of Union City, Kevin Opple of Edinburgh, uh, Pat Garreline of uh, uh, Northeast, and of course you have what the city of Erie is trying to do aggressively with John Bookna, EDDC, and the mm-hmm. Innovation District. So all of these kind of placemaking concepts need steady forms of revenue to do streetscape, to do facade improvements. So while the mission-related investments lend to the businesses, what about the place that mm-hmm. these businesses are in? And that's where this side of the program kicks in. So we are, we're going to announce uh, over $2 million in funding uh, in, the ne- in the next uh, 30 days or so. And that's not the, the press conference tomorrow. That's something no, entirely that's different. Something entire- so, so, yeah, it, that is, yeah. tomorrow's is about community asset funding. So it's the it's the uh, parks, trails, and fields. It's the community centers. It is the arts and cultural and heritage groups that are all across Erie County. That's an eight hundred thousand dollar announcement uh, for those groups. And those, I mean, let's face it, those are the groups that that really get into the programming, that creates, you know, civic engagement mm-hmm. opportunities, leadership opportunities, the types of activities that make you feel like you're part of a community, whether it be your your uh, local historical district or the community center down the street that, that takes kids after school. So for, for somebody who doesn't follow this, the ins and out of this all the time, explain to them sort of when they're looking out on the landscape of their community, all the different spots that ECRA's impacting. I mean, you just named right small businesses, I didn't even startups. mention local governments. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so go ahead. So uh, the, 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 small, the small business community is one of the key ones that, that we're engaged in. Then you have uh, arts, culture, and heritage. Uh, you have uh, local government development, which uh, goes back to this idea that if you're going to have a casino, you got to support the governments that are around it. Right. Uh, that, that's a whole other area. But then the quality of place is really about what makes Erie unique, right? So it's, it's the, the dance theater down the street that your kids participate in, or it's the school district foundation, which you engage through to like a serve Erie in order to uh, revive a school. 
uh, or it's the neighborhood that you live in. I mean, we're investing in, in all of these things at some level. Now, remind me what the pool of money is, and how do you go about apportioning that every year? I mean, are, do you have different waves of grants and windows and that sort of thing? So we invest about... Um, we get we get about four million in revenue a year now. Does that come in in one lump sum or it comes in quarterly? Okay. Yeah, and and the the state over the years has, has tweaked the process through which they release it, but it comes from the Department of Revenue. Okay. So it comes to Erie County. Half of it goes to county government. The other half comes to ACRA. And you know, county government has what they spend it on. They now have a grant process. They're taking grant applications as well. The funds over here at ACRA uh, go to. Um, programs that the board of directors approves and those programs are based on things like uh, emerge 2040 erie refocused the county's cultural heritage plan the northwest pa green so you're not plan. looking to go off the reservation as far as the larger picture of you know that's been determined for the future of the region from the granular to the sweeping well, I think what's interesting is these plans, right? And I've, I have, this is just one stack of them here, but I have stacks and stacks of plans that have been done. They all point us generally in the same direction. Mm -hmm. And you're right, it's not really going off the reservation. But the innovative piece is how you actually tactically put it in place. Correct. Because it's the policies around how the money is used is really where you're going to win or lose. Uh, everybody agrees we need nice parks, everybody agrees we need small business, but how can you be most effective? Mm -hmm. And then how can you leverage those funds? And that kind of goes to the to the question of how do you determine what mm -hmm. success is at mm -hmm. the end of the day? You know, how do you measure what you're doing? Mm -hmm. Leverage is one of the key, or matching dollars is one of the key ways that, that we measure that. So everything we do at ECHO requires a minimum of a dollar for dollar match. So like with the, the, Even the main, main street and all of thing? it, all of it. Yeah. Huh. These groups have to have skin in the game if they want to access our funds. And, you know, that level of commitment differentiates them from the group that just says, Hey, I have an idea. A lot of people have ideas, but we want to see somebody who's willing to mobilize and implement. So if there's a $2 million main street program coming up, it's a minimum of $4 million investment huh. that you're going to see in those main streets. So how does the board, what's the calendar like as far as making the decisions, the applications? How much of it, of the vetting are they doing? How much of it is are you and your staff doing and delivering recommendations well, to them? It's a combination of the two. So um, we do it with a three-person staff. I think that's that's key to, uh, and, and it's about 200 applications a year uh, that we award. Not that we process, but that we award. So it's even more that are, that are being read and looked at. Um, and so we have a grants management plan internally. So we try to do things on a three to four month time frame. So month number one is you announce it. Month number two, it's due. Month, month number three, it's reviewed and immediately awarded. Okay. Whereas most people who work with state or federal government can tell you it can be, you know, those timelines get thrown out the window all the time. We try to uh, uh, abide by them very strictly so that we can get the funds out. Some are quarterly and some are on a four-month basis, depending on how complicated they are. But if there's an announcement, we'll, we'll put out a set of guidelines. We'll have a grant workshop in which you can come in and ask questions. You know, if a grant program's been around for seven or eight years, there's People not a lot of questions left. Okay. Yeah. 
But I was going to ask if you coach people, you know, if they might not be familiar with the process or it, absolutely. So so folks will uh, come to those grant writing workshops, especially if they're new to the nonprofit that they're working with, or the, or the municipality might be a new elected official, and they'll come in the last questions at, at grant writing workshops, and we certainly meet with them uh, outside of that as well. But the general idea is that we want you to get the funds. I mean, this this isn't some kind of game to to knock you out of the process. Right. We're trying to coach you on what the best project is, based on what the spirit of our guidelines are. Mm -hmm. So the guidelines get based on all these plans that I mentioned. Um, the board has extensive feedback on it. Um, there might be theorists from think tanks that we take uh, into account as well. People like Bruce Katz and Jane Jacobs. So we're, we're going to go to these folks and and look for the missteps. So it's a combination of a theory. It might be benchmarking, too. What are other folks doing? We literally stole the entire Renaissance Block program from Jamestown, New York. Like, <laughs> yeah, no shame there. They, had, they did a great job. We went to them and said, you're doing awesome. You've been able to quantify neighborhood improvements. Can we just steal this whole thing? And they were like, please do. And here's, here's the documents. And Tell people about the Renaissance Blocks. What is that? Sure. That's so. We just launched that this year, okay. uh, along with Anchor Building. Those have been two really exciting neighborhood and community projects. And Renaissance Block is neat. It's it's um, a group of homeowners can get together uh, with their neighborhood association or the nonprofit down the street. Could be our West Bayfront. Could be the Sister St. Joseph, and say, Hey, we want to fix up our block. Uh, and then they come quantify what the cost would be and come to us and say, Okay, let's spend X number of dollars. And those applications have been uh, upwards of $150,000 mm. to fix up a two or three block area. But what's great is you fix everything up uh, right there and then you move on to the next block that's contiguous to it so you can create real momentum. Um, we just had this uh, Heather Casper from the Sisters in here. They were they were doing um, a historic corridor on 24th Sisters Street. Sisters St. Joseph's. Sisters St. Joseph's. Yeah. Okay. Neighborhood Network. Uh, and Heather came in and talked about the uh, West 24th Street uh, historical corridor that they're doing over on the west side. And um, they have like 70% uh, of the block, you know, participating actively engaged and super excited about fixing their property up. You're going to see a, a tremendous uh, a spillover effect from that. I mean, these folks have, and this is one of the problems we see in cities and boroughs where there's disinvestment. People have the money to put in their properties in the middle market areas, mm -hmm. not the poorest neighbors, but the right. middle market. But they're holding it back. Mm -hmm. And Buki has sent his plan, and this, you know, some this is controversial to some, but really it's common sense. There's no market signal to tell them to invest. Correct. So they let their property decline slightly. They're proud of it, you know. I mean, it's not like they don't mow the grass, but they may, they maybe not. They'll never get that money back. They feel like they'll never get the money back. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. So. so this is like a market signal to them, oh, I can get uh, upwards of $5,000 if I put 5000 into my property to do new roof, windows, siding, landscaping, any kind of curb appeal uh, um, improvement uh, to the outside of the building in order to make the neighborhood look mm -hmm. revitalized. In addition to Jamestown, are there other areas that you've gotten inspiration from or other similar authorities? Boy, great question. So th there's... That is one of our problems is there's no authorities like ours in the state of Pennsylvania. Right. Um, in, in other areas of Pennsylvania, local government officials make all these decisions. Uh, we were specifically designed to kind of depoliticize the process of grant making 
And so that makes us unique. Mm -hmm. I mean, but but then we don't have anyone to benchmark off of. So well, and you bring a level of expertise to it, right? I mean, you're talking about applying theory and things like that that might not come into play if if local government was making decisions, <laughs> and I might need to. Perhaps, perhaps, yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, 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 you're right. I mean, we want to bring a higher level thought process to the consideration of how the funds are distributed. Uh, and so, you know, we we read n newsletters like Next City, for example. Mm -hmm. We we follow what's going on with uh, with the newspaper and in the Next uh, column, uh, and and we try to understand how the implications of policy in other places played out well or didn't play out well. We studied the Buffalo Billion, you know, to see how we could help um, tech companies and, and work with uh, universities. We studied um, Alpha Labs in Pittsburgh. Uh, we looked at um, the state's multi-municipal collaboration program in order to design our own, uh, and and so yeah, we've any time, any time you think something is novel or innovative, the chances are somebody has tried it or or is uh, has some version of it out there. Um, there's some exciting things around around neighborhoods collaborating in Pittsburgh called Connect. There's hmm. a group called Connect. Uh, there's a group in New Jersey called Courage to Connect, in which they're talking about merging municipalities. It's a controversial topic, but I mean, all these things you can you can bring them back. You can bring the guts of them back and, and try to create financial incentives. And really, at the end of the day, that's all we can do here at Accra, right? Okay. We can inspire people with ideas, but if they don't apply for the funds to do this stuff, it won't happen. And that's why uh, our mission is about empowerment. So mm -hmm. we're here to empower the nonprofits, municipalities, and economic development projects to succeed. There was something you just funded that had to do with regionalization in the Northeast area. Yeah, is that, that right? Was, that was sewer and water um, infrastructure. Is uh, that something you would like to see, or you hope to see, or you have interest from any other municipalities uh, exploring something similar? Absolutely. Um, listen, I don't know the answers to whether or not we have too many governments. Mm -hmm. I don't know the answers to whether or not things will be more efficient if they're merged or acquired or consolidated. But if folks are willing to explore those options because they're not currently functioning at the level they, they wanted to, we're all in favor of helping them with that, with a financial incentive. So the Northeast is a great example. They're exploring sewer, water, and police uh, um, partnerships slash consolidations. So to I mean, put them on a spectrum, right? Mm -hmm. They're going to study all all those options, and they have all, all their local government leaders like rowing in the same direction, mm -hmm. which is amazing because mm -hmm. normally this is a flashpoint for conflict. Correct. But it's not. They're all they're all looking at. It, they're saying, look, we have we have some declining tax base issues here. We have some uh, uh, aging issues of our infrastructure. How are we going to afford to fix these things? This is a practical solution to it. Are there any things you've tried that didn't quite work out the way you wanted or that you had to go back and tweak? Um, I would say almost everything has been tweaked. Yeah. I mean, it's everything is continually tweaked. Every year we take the guidelines back to the board, and um, we often do focus groups, too. Okay. Uh, so folks that have received the grants, come in and tell us uh, what you like or don't like about the program. Oh, that's interesting. So streamline it. Um, and then we take that feedback back to the board as well. Um, you know, I, we, we have abandoned um, the you choose concept. I don't know if you remember that. That was where uh, this this was the right. What? We had a program called you choose, in which we choose. worked with with um, Cyberank actually, 
on an online voting system for to fund uh, nonprofits in your neighborhood. And this was like right before crowdfunding mm-hmm. got popular. Mm-hmm. And so like people didn't people didn't really understand that we were trying to engage folks in the dialogue of, of where do you think the money should go right. to? And so we kind of, we, you know, we walked away from that. It was it felt too much like a popularity contest yeah. to some people. Um, but I mean those projects uh, still got funded through other sources eventually. Now, you mentioned that part of the reason for creating the authority was to depoliticize the distribution of the funds, but I think there's probably barely been a year gone by where ECRA hasn't been in someone's political sites. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming you still think this is the best way to be dispersing the funds, and if you can you know, give me your best argument for why it would be wrong to either hand it to county council or to one of the other authorities. Yeah, I, I can't speculate as to um, to what maybe the motives would be as other groups, but I can say that uh, um, transparency has been uh, a key pillar to this organization. So you can go onto our website and find uh, every single thing that we have ever funded mm-hmm. on our website. We have financial disclosures. We have reports uh, on how things went. We have um, uh, minutes from our meetings are all there. Uh, for the public to take a look at minutes, agendas, resolutions. Uh, and the other pillar has been that our grant making is focused on community need, mm-hmm. right? I mean, these we tie it to reports. We tie it to what people are telling us. And I think as long as we stick with those two key pillars, we're going to be okay. And we're going to depoliticize the process as much as possible. you have any insight as to why it is a perpetual... I mean, it's a big pot of money, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes big pots of money do that. I mean, I can only imagine. It, it, I was, I'm the um, fourth director mm-hmm. between 2008 and 2011. I'm the fourth director. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's incredible turnover. I went. If you go back and look at the historical documents, members of the board just were driving like flies. They were here for a couple of months, Is that and they right? would resign. Um, there wasn't enough positivity around what the money could do. There was more focus on who controls the money. So we've 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 changed that narrative. We've turned it around and we've said, listen, uh, we're going to do what other communities have done successfully to invest the money in the community. Uh, we call it the Ecker Grant Money Works uh, campaign. And public information was a key part of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we started talking to the newspaper immediately about what our plans were. We started talking to the television stations. We did radio interviews. Whatever it took... So that folks understood this wasn't this wasn't in in a black box. It wasn't being mm-hmm. decided in smoke filled rooms. We were involving our applicants in the process. You know, we, we did um, we had strategy solutions come in with the uh, the rating notepad, the, you know, the uh, uh, little handheld devices that rate things. We would ask people to, to you know scale of one to ten, what should we be doing? There were lots of different public input uh, meetings, like at the Blasco Library, in which we we took data back to the board. And we started designing things, and that's how we got to where we are today. Mm-hmm. The tuition reimbursement. Walk me through the thinking on that when it got put in place. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's um, it was a benefit of working here. I mean, that, that uh, they wanted their staff to be uh, educated, and um, I took advantage of that benefit. It's professional development. They, you know, it, it does happen in other in companies and that thing. Yeah, um, it's available to all the employees here. Uh, obviously, we've uh, scaled it back based upon feedback. But I think that's that's another reason uh, why 
why we're so transparent. I mean, anytime anything has um, piqued the interest of elected officials, we've responded. Yeah. We've responded immediately. Any regrets about that? I, I, I mean, no. I don't think I have any regrets about it. It's we need to continue to invest in ourselves. And we need to value education as a community. I mean, that's one of the reasons that we're such a strong supporter of the community college. Mm-hmm. We have a huge need to uh, to educate this community. Mm-hmm. And ideas are, are going to be what's going to move it forward. And you, you ceased those reimbursements when that came up, right? But it still comes up as an issue. Is there any way to, to end that conversation that you see? I don't think so. That was a year and a half ago. Okay. Um, I hate to, I, I wouldn't want to sound flippant because they are sensitive, but I, I don't know what else to do, Lisa, mm-hmm. as far as, uh, you know, that, that topic uh, was dealt with uh, over a year and a half ago, and everyone who's still upset about it knows that. So, and I, I'd hate that for that to be the focus of, you know, ACRA stuff. And do you have any insight into county council's most recent... Uh, maneuvers. Um, you know, it, have you talked with them? Yeah. We, so, so um, I talk regularly with with members of county council and okay. the county executive's office. Um, so our our seven member board is appointed mm-hmm. by the seven members of county council, which I think helps with communication there, and they they understand that uh, part of their role is to talk with the person that appointed them, especially when they have questions. Uh, but if they don't ask questions, we don't we don't know what's on their mind. Correct. We also have liaisons. We have a liaison system. So a member of county council and a member of the administration, Gary Lee is the member of the administration, um, are appointed to be a liaison. Uh, so whenever that body has a question, they're supposed to utilize the, the liaison system to communicate with us. So we have those two liaisons get the same information that our seven-member board of directors gets. And so... In theory, that's how communication is supposed to operate. Um, can you just reflect for me a little bit on your thoughts on, and we're starting to have a hard time keeping track on all the positive things that are happening in the in the city. You know, your work, the EDDC, the downtown partnership, the Schember administration's energy, county executive. Um, it's never been looking. a more exciting time, has it? Talk to me about that and, yeah. and where you see ECRA. I mean, you kind of addressed it a little bit already by saying you keep an eye on all of these things when you're making your decisions. But it's, it's never been a more exciting time to be involved in local government because of the energy, the positivity, the momentum, and the investment on the public and private side. Mm-hmm. Right, And they're all kind of coming together, uh, uh, rowing in the same direction. Uh, our role has been to try to keep up with that positive momentum. Okay. Uh, in some cases, we're creating the momentum. Other cases, we're lagging behind and just trying to be supportive. Um, we think of it as integration uh, here at ECRA. So we're trying to align with all of the, the positive things that are going on, all the investments in downtown. You know, we seed funded the Innovation District. Um, we have been supportive of the Erie Downtown Partnership uh, through Main Street funds. Um, we've done pilot projects uh, all over the county, uh, a blight project in Cory, for example, that I think could be very helpful for the new land bank that's getting up and running. Um, you know, Erie Refocused is um, 
is quite prescriptive. I, I mean, this Correct. plan, I mean, yep. I have a dog-eared version of this plan that has uh, so many uh, stickers and notes in it because... I'm just going to note <laughs> that you're holding it up and it does. It's uh, multicolored with a lot of writing on each of them. There's all kinds of tabs, <laughs> all kinds of tabs in there. You know, uh, this drove us to Renaissance Block. Okay. Right? This drove us to do the research for Renaissance Block and the excitement of ROS Bayfront and Bayfront Eastside Task Force and Bob Hand and the, and the uh, um, you know, uh, these, these small little neighborhood groups that Robin's Blast, they're all trying to do exciting things, right? Serve Erie. And, uh, you know, that kind of integration was how, how can we be supportive of them when they're mobilizing all of these mm -hmm. people? And that's when um, we actually talked to Renaissance Block and they said, hey, we just talked to somebody from Erie not long ago. Was that right? And, and so that's when you realize, okay, these folks are calling Jamestown, New York, and saying, how are you doing it? We're call As the funder, we're calling mm -hmm. Jamestown, New York. How do we bring everybody together and make it happen? So we actually had a roundtable discussion. We brought them in from Jamestown for the day, and we had a roundtable discussion with all these groups, and, so, and they told us what to avoid, you know, what to do and what not to do. And uh, we, we significantly tweaked the program based upon... Uh, what they said they would have done differently, but also how Erie is different from Jamestown. You mentioned the land bank. I should have asked you how you kind of navigated. You lost the million dollars that's mm -hmm. being designated uh, for the land bank as part of the fallout of the legislature fixing the gaming law. Right, and um, I, I think we can be supportive of it, um, and I think we will be moving mm -hmm. forward. Uh, it's in the process of getting up and running. I think uh, we view blight on a spectrum from proactive to reactive, and really the, mm. the land bank is the key reactive tool. Okay. Right? So it's after the property has mm -hmm. fallen into disrepair. On the proactive side, our investments in anchor building and Renaissance Block and Main Street are going to prevent that blight from getting to the point where it needs to go in mm. land bank. So I, I see the two as really having positive synergy, and uh, once they have a strategic plan understand where they want to go, I'm sure we'll be supportive mm -hmm. of that plan. So you have a really probably comprehensive and detailed overview of things throughout the county not just the city um and also all the initiatives we talked about and i think we i in the email before as we were setting this up but do you have a sense of any piece that we're missing um boy that's that's a that's a great question um i know that we did talk briefly about venture capital yeah and that's come up in our meetings with people, too. Mm -hmm. And you're doing a lot in that regard, but... Yeah, so we want... You know, Ben Franklin is a pre-seed venture capital-based mm -hmm. fund. So mm -hmm. that your innovation fund has been... We've put over $2 million into that fund, mm -hmm. which means they put over $2 million in. We also brought in a group called 1855 Capital, and they're more on the... Um, uh, it's still seed stage, but it's after you have some revenue as a company. Mm-hmm. And that and that uh, concept has uh, uh, it's really statewide in the state of Pennsylvania because you can't really fund it's more let's put it this way it's more difficult to fund venture capital and say you can't leave the boundary of Erie County because the market doesn't work that way. yeah so what we've decided to do is work with groups like 1855 Capital and Penn Venture Partners that's another one and say okay if you can figure out a way to target some of your investments especially the money that we're investing with you to Erie County will at the same time, it, it, in essence, it's it's using the funds to leverage them coming in and creating a due diligence process, whereas they probably would have had no interest in Erie if we wouldn't have done that. 
But in talking about what we're, what we're missing are the gaps is the venture capital. The one venture capital is one of them. Another yeah. one is infrastructure. You know, the, in what do you mean you say that? You know, we, um, um, we need uh, deployment of more broadband, and okay. you're seeing some of that with the Smart City Initiative. I'm really excited about what they're doing at mm-hmm. the Innovation District um, because that level of connectivity, I think, is important. Uh, and so it's great having companies like VNet here mm-hmm. uh, as well as Verizon to make sure that connectivity happens. There's also pedestrian connectivity, though. And that is, uh, you know, we don't have bike lanes, um, and people will poo-poo that. But the truth is, we need to look at uh, making our downtown uh, more progressive and, and pedestrian and bike-friendly. And are you talking about Erie, or are you also talking about Gory and Union City? And I would so so the boroughs are yeah. really like on on a smaller scale of the city of Erie, and some stuff makes sense for them, and some doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really, that's up to them to decide. Mm-hmm. You know, you have uh, Cindy Wells is trying to do some really uh, cool things with site redevelopment down in Union City. Uh, Pat Garline in Northeast is trying to redevelop a second kind of main street. It's like an offshoot of downtown Northeast. And um, Corey, of course, has been uh, very progressive in, in preserving their downtown. They are trying to complete the Pittsburgh to Erie bike trail and have like a, like a facility yeah. where you can stop and shower and, and you know, uh, take advantage of their downtown on, on the way through that process. And that kind of small town trail system thing, uh, that can be big economic development mm-hmm. for a little Main Street like Corey. So we've been supportive of, of, of them trying to develop that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, coming forward in the future, what do, you, what do you see? Are there that you can tell me about? Um, well, you know, I'm really excited about the stuff we're rolling out now. And I think um, we're never going to see... Uh, some of these problems dissipate unless we invest larger uh, into them. So, <clears throat> you know, one example is what we've done with the universities uh, in Ignite Erie. Um, we are, this. I, I, I'll give this one away, we're about to invest a million dollars into five beehives. Oh. And these are innovation spaces at the four universities of Erie County and then the Blasco Library. Now, they did announce that beehive collaboration a year or so ago i don't remember is yes. this related well, to that they, they, that they were going to start working in that direction yes yeah so, so is this a piece of that putting the dollars behind it to actually make it happen okay good um, thank you for sharing that <laughs> and i think what's fascinating is the universities have come to the table and said okay we want to be a part of regional economic development we understand that uh, helping small businesses is the best way for us to do that as a team as opposed to separately so these beehive spaces in essence are going to coordinate and communicate with one another based on their specialties so you've got um you've got edinburgh which is branding and strategic communications you've got Barron, which is prototype and product development you've got uh, merciers which is cybersecurity intelligence and which is uh, applied business concepts mm-hmm. and models and then the blasco library which is basically our only maker space mm-hmm. uh, in the region so the, the five of them will be uh, communicating about the entrepreneurs that they're helping, and then they'll be uh, passing them off when it makes sense. So, so they may enter the system in one of these beehives and then find out that these others exist, and they can't. We can't necessarily help you with everything right here. We're going to mm-hmm. hand you off to another beehive. I think it's a great role for the universities mm-hmm. to play. The fact that they're excited about it, I think they they deserve credit for it because mm-hmm. they designed it and, and they put it together. And you know, we're the uh, we're we're the kind of um, 
by putting the dollars behind it, we're the wind that's going to help it to take off and launch. And and we we hear a lot about investing lately to scale because it's for all the amazing work that's being done, those indicators aren't budging. Uh, do you think we're at near a tipping point, or? I think it depends who you ask, and I think it depends how you measure the tipping point. We do not fare well in these national measurement tools, and so whenever we we wind up in, in one of these uh, lists, if you will, mm-hmm. and we I'm end always, up in a lot of them, <laughs> yeah, I'm always uh, critical. I mean, I, I look into mm-hmm. it, and and you know the the data about the African American community is absolutely accurate, uh, and that's when you look into that and realize that's a case that's kind of a devastating feeling. Um, Overall, from some other aggregated standpoints, like there's there's a report called uh, Older Industrial Cities. Uh, this is a, a Brookings report. It basically says that we're a stabilized community, mm-hmm. right? So we're not on the decline anymore, but we're stabilized. That doesn't mean that we're thriving and vibrant. Right. Uh, it means that we are poised to be uh, thriving and vibrant. Um, there's another uh, group that, that I look to called um, uh, the Lincoln Institute of Land Policy. And they have a report called Revitalizing America's Smaller Cities. And they have like a nine-point checklist of the things that you need to be doing. We're doing all nine of them. Oh, is that right? And we're, we're very aggressive. You know, we just had uh, the mayor of Fresno in, right? And we're always looking at these other communities, mm-hmm. right, and saying, man, they're, they're getting it right. What do they do? Yeah. I think she came in and in a very candid roundtable discussion with some community leaders said, you're way ahead of us. Yeah. And, and so... We beat ourselves up a lot, but the Mm -hmm. truth is we're making tremendous progress. We've had missteps, no different from any other community. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I realized this one, when I was working with the Technology Council of Northwest Pennsylvania, it was only, it was less than 10 years old, and we were trying to benchmark against the Pittsburgh Tech Council that had been around since the 1970s. So it it gives you an idea. When C-cubed doesn't work here in Erie, are we just supposed to say, well, that was our shot and we're done? Mm -hmm. No, we're we're learning from that. The Buffalo Billion that created the Niagara Medical Campus got the Buffalo Billion. That was a group of uh, CEOs from the hospitals and healthcare community along with some universities. They convened a group and disbanded like four times before they finally got to the point. we, I mean, it, it, these are the building blocks of community development that take years mm-hmm. uh, to wrap your head around. We're actually doing a pretty good job when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. Was there anything we didn't talk about that you want to... You know, uh, one thing I would say is that, because uh, you asked me about partnerships, um, we love the partnerships with the universities. We're really excited about what they're doing for entrepreneurs. I would say we have a great partnership with the Erie County government. And... and what we've done there with summer jobs is mm-hmm. a great example of that, about how we can work together to co-fund things that don't exist and clearly need a government subsidy to get up and running. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of kids that are disconnected from the workforce. Uh, they tend to be uh, socially or economically disadvantaged, and we need to focus on them mm-hmm. because uh, they want a chance, and they've, they prove that to me every year through the summer jobs program. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're approaching 200 kids uh, with the program. And that's great. I would like to take that to uh, an appropriate scale. I'm not sure what that is yet, and I'll, I'll leave that to Mr. Lee to decide. But our partnerships with the county on summer jobs, on advocating for and putting the seed cap up for the community college, and now Choose Erie. 
which we have just seed funded. I don't think that's become public. We, no. We, we seed funded $25,000 in a research phase. What are the industries that we should be targeting based on the type of workforce that we have? We're very excited about that. That's a part, and the Chamber's involved in that as well. Those are the types of partnerships, uh, multi-agency, multi-government, uh, public-private partnerships that take these things from being buzzwords to actual products mm -hmm. that are going to move our community forward. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate it. Thanks for taking the time. Good, good. I hope this is worth your time. Thanks. <laughs>